Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. It's a very special week this week, so we're glad that you could join us. This week, we're going to talk about board games, as we always do, tabletop gaming news and more. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and this is Gen Con week. By the time you are listening to this, we will be on our way to Gen Con. Very exciting for many people, uh, a little bit uh, anxious for me. I don't know why. I'm just lots of anxiety here. I think that's just classic me. Yeah, to be clear, Gen Con is what's exciting, not the fact that we'll be there. That's not exciting to very many people. <laughs> In fact, that's why most people will not be there. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't heard about the attendance cuts, they said it's for health and safety reasons, but it is partially related to us. Uh, but yeah, of course, if you don't know Gen Con, Biggest convention in, in the world, some would argue, certainly in the country of the United States for gaming, that is. And um, we are going to be there and we will have stuff coming out for you here and other places uh, covering what we're doing at Gen Con. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. But we also have right now today an additional episode that's just a regular old thing with a lot of cool stuff to talk about. That's Some weird right. stuff, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And before each episode, usually we roll a D20. But uh, two or three episodes ago, Jonathan, you said you wanted to uh, spice things up a bit. So <laughs> yeah. I'm being blamed uh, for this. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, something I was thinking about before. But I decided what we try uh, is to play with tarot cards. They're, they're, it's like a game. It uses cards. Uh, right. I'm going to flip three over because I think that's the basic way to do it. There's like many different permutations but this is the one that's simple and i'll probably still uh not get the definitions 100 percent right but we'll see what we can do this is for the podcast and maybe for gen con as well right normally we roll the d20 to, to determine how well the show will go so this week the tarot cards will will show us our future now of course we're called roll for crit that's sort of the whole thing. So this is this is slightly off brand, but but we'll we'll try it out and we'll see how it goes. Have you have you ever done tarot cards before? If I did, it was so long ago I don't remember. Okay, so, so all right, so uh, I uh, this all right, you, do your thing, and then and then I'll we'll see what happens. All right, we are starting with the two of pentacles. This is face up. Meaning that if I go here, I went upside down. Yes, there will be balancing of decision priorities and adapting to change. That makes sense for this year. I think that's pretty on point. Okay, okay. I, this is for the whole year. I thought it was just this week. <laughs> right, but I mean, like, just where everything that's been happening this year. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, I just didn't know it, it was encompassing Sorry. so much. No, I, I was. <laughs> I added a bit, like my words. Anyways. <laughs> Next up is the night of great. No need to apologize. Of, the night of cups. Unfortunately, <laughs> though, it is upside down. So, according to this, uh, that means moodiness and disappointment. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm feeling so, that already. Turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, though, we have our star face up. I'm, I'm assuming that is very good. Here it is: hope, faith, and rejuvenation. I think this this is definitely Gen Con. There are going to be some changes. We're going to be disappointed, but we should not give up hope. Okay. Wow. All right. This is this is heavy. Now, are you supposed to like combine these all into into one, or is there, or you just do them one at a time like you just did? I've seen a couple different things. I saw like ones like if you do the three card, one's supposed to be past, present, future. I saw one where you're supposed to flip everything and sort of tie them together. I've seen, like I said, there's one where you flip five into a pentagram shape. 
I saw one where there's like a cross shape. So I thought we'd just go with I flip three cards, see what they each mean, and weave it together into one thing. Well, if anyone I, wants to yell at me, <laughs> I for free. one liked it, and I'm pretty sure that's how tarot cards are meant to be done. And anyone who says otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, at uh, you can just tweet us. <laughs> you, can, you can just direct your to my personal accounts. Uh, any complaints that you have, uh, and it sounds like uh, this is maybe like a, I'm going to say this is roughly an eight on the D20 scale. That's that's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> you know, just in case anyone wanted a translation. I would argue it's maybe closer to a 10. I think it's it's got some ups and downs, but, you know, Fair maybe enough. that's part of the fun of it, too. You know what? We need to make – now we need to just make a giant tarot card deck, but it's literally just D, all, like, one's D20s, one's, like, somehow D6 or something, just different rolls. There you go. That's that's the way it's done. Why roll dice when you can draw cards? Uh, you know, in case anyone's wondering why we're rambling so much this week, it's because we don't have a guest. <laughs> it is unfortunately You're just stuck with us, just the two of us this week, uh, leading into Gen Con, as we said, uh, but we are still going to have a good time hanging out and talking about some very weird and wild news stories, not to get to, uh, Johnny Carson on you from, from all, all different aspects of the gaming world. It's it's going to be interesting. So, I don't know. Shall we shall we get started? Let's do it. All right, great. It's time for the news roundup. News roundup. Keyforge is a collectible unique deck card game designed by Richard Garfield, published by Fantasy Flight, uh in which you are picking up decks and the, the gimmick of the game, if you don't know, is that every single deck is fixed and unique. An algorithm generates these decks for sale. And if you buy one, you know for a fact no one else in the world has an exact copy of your deck. They are all a little bit different. And, uh, you know, you're going into battle with your cards that have creatures and artifacts and things and fighting against your opponent to forge keys, hence the name Keyforge. Uh, well, Keyforge has been a little bit quieter in the past year or so, and I think a lot of people have attributed that to the pandemic and without stores, without tournaments, you know, local scenes haven't been as strong, and maybe Keyforge just hasn't been able to uh, stay, keep up with the big dogs like Magic the Gathering uh, without that, without that in-store, in-person presence. Well, Fantasy Flight has put out an update on Keyforge, and they have some weird news. So first, the, the good news is uh, they say they are fully behind Keyforge. So they're going to keep supporting it. It's not going anywhere. In fact, they announced a whole new expansion that they said is ready to print, uh, all designed, ready to go. And they also mentioned that they are working on a digital version of Keyforge, which I know a lot of people who play Keyforge have been hoping they would do for a long time to uh, help uh, make the game last longer and easier to play with people far away from you. Unfortunately, this new expansion, which is called Winds of Exchange, is not going to be published anytime in the near future because uh, according to Fantasy Flight, their deck building algorithm is broken. <laughs> uh, quote, broken and needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, there are not, there's, I haven't seen any concrete 
explanation of exactly what went wrong with this algorithm, but essentially the the algorithm of their computers that allowed them to generate these unique decks without, you know, there's not like one guy sitting at a desk like randomizing these things by hand. <laughs> they had a computer doing it. Something stopped working with it. And that is the only reason that this expansion is not coming out right now is because they literally are unable to make the decks for it, even though all the cards have been designed already. <laughs> well, what was your reaction to hearing this, to hearing this story? <laughs> I mean, I'm curious how something broke now. Like, I feel like this would be the kind of thing that would have broken on. I would have understand it's like they were advertising key forwards for the first time. And like, eh, it turns out we have to delay it because something I am curious. What does it mean by broken? as well um maybe it's some reason can't come up with new names anymore <laughs> uh or at least not ones they want to print uh I, I i'm very curious about that the other thing is i don't know if you know as you look on the side of the groups that are in this for uh winds of exchange martians are there so it's just more bad luck for the martians it's like all right we're coming back <laughs> we're gonna come back strong everyone's gonna love us and no sorry no, no. <laughs> poor poor martians is it are they called mars is that i thought it was mars or martians yeah so, some, something like that <laughs> but yes uh perhaps the the black sheep a little bit of uh of the keyforge factions that are out there yeah you would think that like you said once this system is in place it's weird that it would break <laughs> it's very strange I, uh, no i honestly do think it's probably i could see the naming thing breaking more than the actual picking of cards <laughs> i well here here's there's a little more uh detail for you uh because one of the uh keyforge developers uh aaron haltom posted some a little bit of extra info on a keyforge facebook group and what he says is uh they had a big loss of data uh, quote. I still don't know exactly how it happened. And I probably couldn't tell you if I did, uh, but I can confirm the facts of the article. We now have to rebuild the algorithm from the ground up before we can actually print decks, but that's going to take some time. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the names. <laughs> I think well, it is actually, the, yeah, the no, I take now, now that you said that it occurred to me, I feel a good chunk. That's because I'm thinking the algorithm breaking itself. But it just occurred to me, especially with the way he said that, I'm like, wait, nine times out of ten, I feel like a lot of technical things, especially hacking and stuff, come from human error. For all mm -hmm. we know, someone just accidentally is like, oh, I'll just throw this in a recycle bin. <laughs> Who knows? And like one colon, you know, you just need one colon instead of a semicolon or something. Mm, yeah. And I'm sure plenty of programmers can. So that actually, I take that back. I, for, oh, I forgot there's the human element. <laughs> <laughs> a lowercase letter instead of an uppercase letter. That uh, is how we defeat Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not really that scary once you see things like this happening. Uh, but I, as, as someone who, you know, I, I like Keyforge, I am kind of happy and relieved because knowing, you know, Fantasy Flight is not a stranger to ending their projects from time to time and uh, with the pandemic and how hard it is to be competitive in the card game market these days it kind of did seem like maybe keyforge was on its way out so it's really nice to hear them say no we are we're coming back strong and i think a digital yeah. version 
so before hold on before you naysay i think the digital version will really um if done well it would be a huge boost to the to the game's popularity i'm actually real i think this is perfect fit for a digital version because you can have all your decks together somewhere it's not like you have to make this giant collection and sort the things and it's a little bit it's it, you're not even selling and trading singles so I assume it will that. still rely. I could be wrong, but in my head, I imagine you'll still need the physical decks, but you'll be able to like scan the code and also use them online. Oh, I assume you could buy decks online. I, I just think digital. how do they either way? If either every deck is unique, yes. it's weird. If only some decks you can only play online. You know what I mean? It feels right. like you have to be able I, to do both. Even even if it's just you scan your physical ones and play with those there, I still yeah. think it works really nice because you don't customize and edit decks. So. That is a very good experience. Yeah. The thing that worries me is, and where my yeah came in from before, because <laughs> uh-huh. you brought it up, card games, a lot of them really rely on that competitive scene in addition to collecting and stuff, but we're just going to focus on the, cl- the competitive part for this. And even though they said, trust me, we're coming back, it's going to be strong. I'm wondering whether it's like... W- Winds of Change finally gets released, but enough people sort of left Keyforge that they don't come in, and then and then they wing, uh, Winds of Change becomes the last set. That's my worry. I mean, maybe, but I just don't think there's any basis to believe that, other than just being negative. <laughs> I just don't think there's any like I, I the game still has a fan base. There is a community around it, uh, so I, I just don't see any signs of that happening my, my my worries were only based around how quiet they had been about keyforge but i mean they i sure that's possible but it doesn't seem likely to me right now right well i mean if it look i guess i'm not saying that no one's gonna play it's a matter of if they if it's enough for fancy flight to want to keep printing it that's that's it always comes down to the company oh well, yeah and I, I actually do think keyforge is a little bit better suited to i, I as opposed to something like magic, I don't think it needs to rely as much on the in-store events because there's not the, Oh, I got to buy a pack and make a deck and do a draft and do a cube or whatnot. I feel like it actually, it can survive a little bit more off of people playing in their own communities or just with their friends at home. Uh, not that, you know, the in-store play and tournaments aren't helpful. No, I get, it, yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, so I think it has a, a small leg up in that regard. But anyway, so we don't know when Winds of Exchange will come out, <laughs> but they have been posting some uh, more details about it. I think they're going to talk about it more this week, actually. Also, that digital version, too, because, I mean, hypothetically, let's say if that does launch, like, within a month or two, I'm just, there's not, they don't say this is all hypothetical, then people can still play it. Yeah. Even there's a gap, so. Yeah. Yeah, be be pretty great. I mean, I certainly, I know I would get a lot more play out of KeyForge because, like any of these two player head to head card games, you never get to play them because we don't have. There's no like well, dedicated not, people. That's speaking it, personally. It, yeah, and once again, the digital version it's just so nice because these games aren't. I don't. I don't think they're the most the biggest time eater. And with the digital version, I could easily see you know being like, yeah, I'll throw in a, a few games of KeyForge. You don't have to worry about. I mean, people always worry about deck archetypes and things like that, but you don't have to worry about, oh, do I need the sideboard? This And you're just like, no, I'm going to play with Prophet of 
of wins today. That's that's <laughs> who I'm using. Just to try it out, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, and, and, yeah, and just so much easier if they have you know a decent matchmaking system. Yeah, uh, I do think that digital version is a such a smart fit, and they really should. I mean, they're going to focus on the algorithm too, but I definitely think that that digital version should take some priority. And I think it also, not to spend too much time on this, but <laughs> you know, the, with again comparing it to Magic, it's hard not to. Uh, but uh, I know you know there's been there's oh. like some tricky things with the digital version of Magic versus physical of like we you know we've talked about before of well, what if there's a ability that's only works digitally or a card that's printed here and not there. And it's hard to get, I, and I feel like Keyforge kind of sidesteps a lot of those issues by its nature, because you're not building the decks. Uh, it it yeah. makes sense to me. It, I, I'm not going to go too much, as you said, into it, because that's a whole <laughs> thing. But also once again, because of the nature of how Keyforge was designed with almost all the cards already digitally created, you know, yeah, through the yeah. algorithm and stuff. Uh, it's probably much easier to th bring that all over versus something that's been around for 20 years or something before you even think about <laughs> adding a digital component. Yeah, it would be cool if you could purchase a pack in-game, a, a deck, and then, like, pay a shipping fee and they would also send you the physical version <laughs> that would be i don't i don't know i that seems like it'd be hard to do but it'd be cool if they did that that would be interesting that it mean they'd have to put some things on it would be a very challenging prospect I'll yeah that's that. that's why i i think now, it's gonna all be off the phys i think it just has to be from the physical I, I mean that makes sense after you said it it just didn't in my head yeah um though i would love what they need to do now is now do a crossover with magic. We need Keyforge magic cards and then a uh, Keyforge magic decks. It's probably going to happen. Give it, give it enough time. Actually, considering now that we have Fortnite in there, yeah, yeah. they'll All cross right. over with anything. I, th I think we've said enough about Keyforge. <laughs> we've said enough for now. Uh, let's go listen to a Keyforge focused podcast if you want more than that. Uh, but Asmo Day, of course, owns Fantasy Flight. It's not done. Uh, talking about new products, I'm sure you all know Seven Wonders, which is, I would argue, the most popular drafting uh, board game. Right? I, maybe I mean Sushi Go is probably a maybe a better seller, but in terms of name recognition, Seven Wonders is pretty high up there. And we've had Seven Wonders Duel, which was the two-player version of it. Now they've announced Seven Wonders Architects. This one fits two players and all the way up to seven. And it's the same basic theme as Seven Wonders. You're trying to develop your wonders and your civilization better than everyone else. Uh, but this one specifically is meant to be more streamlined than the original one. It's supposed to be more accessible, something that beginners and family members can pick up and play. Uh, we, we haven't seen full details there's going to be uh, supposedly a a full breakdown of this later this week i think they're actually going to show gameplay and stuff like that uh this coming thursday so uh, the first official day of gen con they're going to have some of the stuff on their website uh but right now we don't have like a rule book or anything like that so i don't know exactly how different the rules are we have photographs where you know you can see you have more uh, just actual physical tokens or cardboard pieces that actually look like a building to build your wonder as opposed to just cards on a on a cardboard 
board or whatever it is. Uh, and the box itself, you know, looks it, it looks well sized, <laughs> I would say. Supposedly, it's being released uh, in the fall for uh, USD 50 bucks. So it's even though they said it's streamlined, it's for 50 bucks. I got to imagine there's there's something there that it's not it's not like a totally light version of it like the two-player ticket to ride or something like that Mm -hmm. so i mean based on we know very little but what would you do you think this is makes sense is this needed and what would you want to see out of a a seven wonders i don't know lighter redo or whatever this is well i don't think uh because the first thing that came to mind but i don't think it's part of the rules well, judging when I first thought of this in some of the ideas, I was like, oh, is it like we're going to have the pieces of the monuments in the pool and you actually pull from that? So you don't have to pull like do just the pyramid. You can have like the base of the pyramid, the center part of the uh, lighthouse of Alexandria or something like much more customization, so to speak, to the wonders. Hmm. Um, but I mean, and that could be a thing. But right now, from what I can see, it's like, oh, you still just build your wonder, which is probably better on a balanced sense. But. I mean, if it adds something really interesting and new, I'd be curious. But I guess since we don't know much, I just I don't know what to. <laughs> it's hard to get excited for it, really, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I, I guess part of it and part of it is just because it's not like. I mean, going to classic examples, Legendary, we're like, this time it's 007. So it's not the theme changing. We don't have the rules, so it's not like, look, it's in the Seven Wonders verse, but now it's a deck building game. Mm-hmm. And it's also and, not, um, you know, not to, we won't get into my, our personal takes on it, but uh, Terraforming Mars getting an Ares Expedition spinoff uh, makes sense on paper because it's like, oh, Terraforming Mars is a very complicated game. This is a lighter version of it. Seven Wonders is like midweight to on the later side i i would say and i mean maybe people one of the reasons it is no i would say one of the reasons it's a great drafting game is because as because i i'm completely agreeing with you like magic and other train cards can be amazing drafting experiences but if you don't know like the set or the cards you know you're just getting a blown out of the water or at least feel really bad about what to pick and what not to pick Seven Wonders, usually I think you're still competitive at the table, barring being next to like some very good drafters. So I completely agree with that. And that's the other thing. I think Seven Wonders is already, it's like you already have something good. It's like the Oreo. You don't need to perfect too much about it. It's it's done. <laughs> this is the uh, th- Oreo thins of Seven Wonders. <laughs> but but why why is it fifty bucks? Is my I mean part of that might just be you know in a as we talked about last week pre price increases maybe it would have been forty bucks maybe that's more what makes sense here. But we don't even have that many photos to know what's in there. So for all I know, there's a bunch of minis. Yeah, I guess the yeah that's this conversation could be a little frustrating because just in a couple of days, uh, we're gonna really be able to see what's going on in this box. But that said, it has a high bar. I think the point of this has a high bar to beat. Not uh, good chunk just because Seven Wonders. It's gonna be put next to it, and like you said, Seven Wonders already fits such a a nice central gap. So you either have to go, I think, like Sushi Go Super Light, in which then you're competing with Sushi Go for a drafting game. 
or which you I can see go, them doing. Uh, right, yeah. right. But I think by the picture, the fact that you're assembling something already to me already says, yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah. Or you go super heavy, which still mm. doesn't seem to be that. But it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out if it. Uh, it certainly looks to you know like a lot of the same uh, iconography. I see like military symbols, victory point symbols. It seems to have this similar DNA, and I assume the fact that it goes up to seven players. It's. I'm guessing it's still a drafting game, right? Like I don't think it's that drastically changed. But. Yeah, I definitely think if it's got seven, because drafting loves those bigger player counts. It just seems very likely. <laughs> yeah. So sometime before the end of the year, uh, this is set to be released, and uh, we'll see if we find out uh, how it plays. We won't be seeing it at Gen Con this week. I can tell you that much, but. Uh, maybe it's sometime in the future. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's now we have another one of those fun stories that it, it feels like we have every week now where there's some kind of... Uh, I think we have multiple. Just like are. drama slash uh, horrible thing that has happened in the board game world. Uh, and this week it involves uh, a, a, a game on uh, that recently launched on Kickstarter called tournament fishing which is a, a deck building game uh from uh, tgg games also known as the gaming goat is that what they're called the gaming this is the gaming goat the game the goat the gamer goat the game goats <laughs> what's the name of this company uh they got they got a goat as a logo i know there's goat in the in the name and this is a fishing deck building game pretty innocuous kind of a thing uh yeah it's the gaming goat i got it right uh, but uh suzanne sheldon previous guest of the show friend of the show uh posted a tweet because she was concerned about an image that popped up on their page which is an illustrated frog being held in someone's hands bear with me folks because there's a lot to there's a lot to wade through here uh and the frog's right hand is making uh what i will describe as an a-okay type of symbol with its fingers which within the past few years has uh kind of been co-opted as a, a a symbol of white supremacy on the internet as has if the idea of the frog in general with Pepe the frog and all these things kind of has a, a connotation now with uh, a, an alt-right white supremacy sort of movement. And so uh, Suzanne uh, brought attention to this and raised her concerns about it to which the people behind the gaming goats uh, came out and posted on board game geek and on various other social media platforms saying that I mean, essentially that, you know, the, the, this is ridiculous and uh, almost in, in some instances, I'll say certainly being, uh, I, I mean, they've been accused of being trolls, which I think is probably not, is probably the truth is at least from the posts that I have read, certainly not the most level-headed, uh, clear responses uh, for some of the posts that they've made and several people have cut ties with the company you know people in the industry designers and everything um uh, eric lang who of course is very 
uh, active in these kinds of issues on Twitter and, and things has been uh, pretty vocal about it. And there's a whole board game geek thread where it's kind of hard to parse through some of it because a lot of their posts have been deleted, but both um, the designer and the head of the gaming goat have been banned from board game geek <laughs> since this has all happened. Uh, the game is still on Kickstarter. I believe it's funded. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a weird thing. It's it's one of these stories that makes me just go, ah, I just, I just don't want to go on the internet anymore. <laughs> but what, I don't know what, what, where do we, where do we even begin with, with with all of this first is there anything that i does that that all sat line up with your uh what you've followed of this story or is there anything i missed pretty much i think so um i i guess the biggest thing i would say is i think a really nice uh summary of this as well and that's going to be a bit more focused uh is shelf stories did a video and actually summed up i think the big thing i thought because this depiction a lot of there were multiple people who now are angry about it who didn't see it when they first played the demo and that happens like some so these things can be subtle even to hypothetically a designer sometimes they make a mistake and this is not the first time i've seen like a hateful symbol or something accidentally or purposely depending on the argument making its way into a game so it was brought up do you know i i, I haven't I didn't really look too hard at the Kickstarter page. Is this was this image? I know it was on the page, but is it a card? Like, was it on the box? I think it's a card, and it was in the rule book. Okay, that's what I heard. Okay, but so the what I wanted to point out was like, yes, this isn't like literally a guy in a white hood saying some very huge uh, curse words or something. <laughs> uh huh. You know, uh -huh. like. No, there's no so slurs here. It it was brought up. Now, it, while yes, it costs money. Every other time, most of the time, when I see something like this brought up from other companies, they're like, "My," they'll say, "This is our bad. We apologize. We're changing the art now." Right, and it's done. And and I don't think we'd be you and I would be talking about this then. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that's the problem. A lot of people are like, "Why are you so angry about a frog?" People are not angry about the frog. They're angry about the reaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and there is some, uh, you know, it's, I can't. There's it, more after that, but I think that's really the big thing I just wanted to point out. Yeah. To everyone. Like, no one would have, this all would have disappeared if that, if that simple thing just happened. Yeah, it, it's it speaks a little bit to I, I I kind of I feel like I talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about the second response that came out from the Broken Token CEO, where I feel I mean that's a very different type of offense that's not quite in the same category as this, but uh, I only draw the comparison because I feel like there's there are people who still do, like they just don't realize that the world has changed <laughs> in the last few years and we're in a place now where if something like this happens like you like you said you just have to say our bad we messed up we'll change it apologize do the good pr thing and move on and this is and you can't unless you are like a, a stand-up comedian or something the response of like making fun of people and saying, no, no, we are, we're still going to do it. And 
blah, blah, blah. We're being targeted and, and all this very unprofessional sounding stuff. It's it's just doesn't it's not a good look in 2021. Well, I, I think here's the thing, though, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, I mean, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting what you're saying and stuff. Um, it's happened before. I don't. <laughs> oh, of course. It happens all the time. <laughs> I don't like. Because like I said, there are accidents and it wasn't like they're like, I'm sorry, we're confused. Why is this that? Even in like a meaner way to say that. The way I saw their responses were like, hi, this is the hill we choose to die on. Yeah. So no, I think they know what changed. Yeah. They are just refusing. I, I guess my difference is understanding that there's changers, not even knowing it, I guess. I see. You're saying they're willfully, they, they know the world's different. They just refuse to move. Yes. With it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a little bit of both are true probably. Uh, and it's hard for me to really pass judgment on like, was this intentional? Was this like a, a dog whistle kind of a thing? It seems like based on their history of posts, it seems like that's not out of the question. This, yes. And this is, I mean, once again, like I said, just there are better people who have said this. The one thing that I saw also that makes me think more of that this was supposed to be an intentional signal was they were like, look, this is the reference photo we used. Oh, if yeah, you look yeah. now, there's one that is a what like it looks like a one to one, right? Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw there was one posted before. Yeah. That wasn't a one to one. Yeah. I, I don't know if and it was my same person or two different people. Yeah, they they showed as you said two different frog photos. One and, of them looks exactly like the drawing. <laughs> yes, doesn't. but the the thing is, the one that was doesn't was earlier. Yeah. So, and I just can't help thinking because I mean, like we said, there is connotations with both that symbol and frog. The frog being uh, what's the name of the meme again? You said it, Pepe. Pepe. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, I just like you. You, there's probably a database of like, here are frogs doing that symbol, you know, for, yeah. so I, I just, th that's the thing. All the dots are lining up, which would not have existed. Dot one appeared. And if you made, just said, oops, we'll change it. There'd be no line. Right. Yeah. It really is the doubling down <laughs> that makes you go, you know, it looks like a duck, et cetera. <laughs> it's <laughs> could very well be a duck. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of gross. It's, on a yeah, and yeah. on a sad note, <laughs> sorry, connect to the other stories. Uh, I forget why I went to uh, Borgin Geek just before this started recording to check something, and hotness number one, Seven Wonders Architects, number two, tournament fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I think it's partially uh, you know drama people are posting about it there i also think i i've seen from the kickstarter page you know there's a lot of people who are now in like backing the game because it's making people mad you know they love triggering the libs or whatever right <laughs> and that maybe that's what their plan was but i don't look if you come at this like i'm trying to come from quote unquote neutral yeah. like you're you're just trying to be like what's the most profitable mode at least from the data i've seen i don't think i think the number of people you'd lose versus the ones you gain isn't uh positive i mean i'm just guessing this based on popular vote of most places you know in the u.s yeah uh, i don't know about worldwide but that look that's what i'm saying just from if even if you take it from the 
Like, like I had to, I, you got to keep putting quotes on because nothing's ever truly neutral or it's very hard to be, you know. I mean, I'll say this. I Last week, uh, the Kickstarter for this hadn't launched yet, but I will, especially because we recorded early last week, I'll you know, usually look ahead at some of the Kickstarters coming up to see if any look interesting. And I saw like deck building fishing game and I thought, oh, that like sounds kind of neat. I might look at that and maybe talk about it. And I certainly don't want to talk about it now. So... <laughs> There's, you know, I mean, we're unfortunately, I guess we're giving them publicity for better or worse. No such thing as bad publicity, but, you know, be be yeah. aware of what you're backing as we, and paying for, as we have said before. You know, no. And that's why my thing before was just literally like, even if this was just a huge PR stunt, I just don't see how this. How even it's good in that sense, like nothing about this seems like. It's too like benefit. small potatoes to be some like it's not like the news of this deck building frog game is going to make such a big splash outside of board game Twitter. I, I don't think like I think anyone who was going to back it did or they didn't. Yeah, I think like you said, it's a, it is probably a, it's, it's got to be mostly a net negative, I think. But. I, I don't know. Uh, it's funded though. It's 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 fine. I haven't checked the the numbers uh, as of late, but people are people are people are still backing it. True, uh, and of course we'll see what happens. Uh, I think long term they're in trouble. I mean, I've heard a couple other game designers. Like I think the big one they had already under their belts was uh, I think it was called Regicide. Yeah, I know a lot of people talking about, it. and I know those guys are like, yeah, we're we don't want them to have our game anymore. Yeah, yeah, they might they might be go undergoing a name change at some point. Uh, they'll pop back up like uh, Golden Bell. Is it Golden Bell? Yeah, I think they had a couple different names or Game Salute. Some of these Kickstarter companies they're shady. So uh, back or don't back tournament fishing. Make your make your judgment as to whether you think there's some shady business going on. But I think our at least my 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 overall take is that eh, this company is. Intentional or not intentional, their reaction is bad, and they should feel bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to point to it again. Go go to uh, Shelf Stories. He, yeah. I think, much better job. Not only that, and I still got to do it. There's just he has one reaction in there. Like it, I just I want to clip it as a gif. It's so good. <laughs> I, you can't see me now. I'm trying to. It's 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 great. Go check it out. Go check that out. All right. So and then. Last news story, and this one's like hot off the presses. It's developing as we began recording this podcast. I was angry because I saw the tweets and was going to put it on our notes, and you got it to me first. I was like, oh, my God. I thought I finally got something fresh. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm all over this. So Pandasaurus Games, publisher of Dinosaur Island, uh, Machi Koro, a lot of other big titles. They posted on social media today uh, with the statement that there was a break-in at their warehouse and thieves, they call them professional thieves. I'm not sure what makes you a professional thief. I guess if you make a living off it. If you don't uh, get caught. <laughs> uh, broke into their warehouse. They say got access to the facility. So I don't know if they were like in disguise. Was this a, a, a stealth operation? I don't know. Stole. Uh, about 200 copies of their game, The Loop, and 100 copies of the Kickstarter version of Dinosaur World, both games that are shipping now or scheduled to ship soon. They're not actually at retail yet. 
and uh, they put him on a truck and they drove away and g- sold him to somebody else. And copies of it already started appearing on eBay uh, within that same day. And Pandasaurus was telling people, do, if you see this on eBay, do not buy it. It is stolen. Uh, this shouldn't affect their ability to l- deliver pledges. They have extra copies. And they, they also said that uh, the, the police know who the thieves are. They've identified the thieves and are working on the case. Now, since this happened also this morning, Pandasaurus tweeted too as a follow-up, there's a happy ending to this, I suppose, that they got in touch with uh, the sellers on eBay and got them to agree to take down the listings. And it sounds like they are going to get the products returned to them. So this all developed very quickly within the span of like a day or two days. They were stolen, put up for sale, and now being returned. Uh, it's, I, I can't think of it. I don't think there's ever been a time where we've heard about a, a large scale board game robbery. Like this is kind of wild, right? <laughs> it, yeah. Um, and this is the sign it's, you know, people couldn't get magic and Pokemon cards and stuff. They're like, oh, what other hop tabletop things are there? That's, I can't wait for the new fast and furious. The next Pandasaurus <laughs> shipment's coming. <laughs> it It's weird, right? Because it's not like. I could, I mean, board games are weird in general. It's not like, I mean, there's counterfeit board games we've talked about on Amazon. So I guess people would make money off shady board game practices. But, uh, you know, Pandasaurus, they they make some popular games, but it's not like they stole a truck of ticket to rides or monopolies. Like Dinosaur World and The Loop are relatively, you know, in, in the hobby kind of games. They don't, they're not even out yet. So it's not like there's really an audience. They haven't been hyped a ton. I mean, they have here and there, but I wouldn't think that this is. Oh man, these are this is we're gonna get rich off selling the loop. You know what I mean? It's it's such a strange target. I mean, I could see selling them at a price range. Maybe it's just because this is a warehouse we can get access to. These look new. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would be fascinated to find out, like, how did these, how did they get access? <laughs> how did they find out the stuff was there? You know, next Netflix uh, criminal documentary. Yeah. <laughs> the Pandasaurus Thieves. We have yeah. the exclusive interview. I'll be interested to to, to hear it, but it, I right you now, should, uh, yeah, bring it up to Netflix right now, Jonathan. You got to get, you got to be the first one there. Well, I do have Netflix on my text chain so <laughs> i don't <laughs> I, I ended that sentence properly uh but it sounds like there has been a uh, there like i said a happy ending they're getting the games back it's not going to affect anyone's shipments or anything but man it's just weird like what what's next in this world what why every why do we always constantly have to be dealing with white power symbols now large-scale board game thefts <laughs> the world is falling apart the board game industry is not immune to it. It's it's, it's okay, Jonathan. We've got Gen Con coming up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nothing can go wrong while we're there. So uh, on that note, we'll end happy. That's that's the news roundup. And boy, oh boy, a lot of crazy stuff happening. Even more crazy stuff happening, I think, on Kickstarter this week. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. 
Uh, I truly do think there are some pretty interesting Kickstarter uh, projects this week, as well as a few that were not up yet last week that I think maybe we'll want to talk about to touch on a little bit. So, Will, do you have a pick or maybe even a couple of picks? I don't know. Go wild because we don't have Uh, a guest. (laughs) I I do got a, a few picks here. Actually, let me just double check. Well, I said a couple. Let's keep it to do. <laughs> no, just whatever. I, yeah, I've got I've got several th- projects that I'd, I'd I'd like to talk about. Well, uh, two. I'll go over the two really quick ones because they're they're just art stuff. <laughs> you know, it's not a game. Okay. Uh, one is dice frames. These are actually frames for you designed to hold your full set of dice to look pretty. And from what I can tell, you can just take off the shelf if you need to roll them, anyways. So. Very, uh, I think, nice artistic touch thing. Yeah, I saw this. I didn't want to mention it because I felt like we had our idea to market the the dice cubby thing that's on the back of our set. And I feel like they kind of stole our thunder. (laughs) Well, I mean, early bird gets the worm. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, The other one uh, is the Jonas Voss Playmat Collection. Uh, This is this artist has done some amazing art for Magic Gathering, especially their tokens. And I love it in particular because they have the Jumpstart Planes dog as one of the playmats. If you take a look, if you're a fan of uh, Samuel Eds, this is such a beautiful picture. And their stretch goals like, yeah, maybe we'll take some of his other art to make playmats. They've blown past their stretch goals already, so I think they're voting on them now. Though I would love if they did some of his tokens. I don't know if you've seen his tokens, Jonathan, because I, I think you saw took may have take a look at this playmat one. Yeah, I glanced at it. I, I don't I know. Um, I would love if you use tokens because they're not actual magic cards, the token art. Like he just does fun stuff. They look like Miyazaki, some of them. Like I'm gonna if I can just mm. send this to you. Really oh yeah, quick. I'm looking I'm looking at the Kickstarter okay. page. Yeah. I mean uh I mean the art is really beautiful. Yeah. Like I, he's got some really amazing pieces. I would love if they did there that are also more silly or cute. So fun one there for the playmats. Now, in terms of actual games, yeah, this one was a shoe in for me. It's dog park. <laughs> it has dogs. It like literally, this is the one I refreshed to be like, is it is it up yet? <laughs> As the time of recording. And uh, I mean, it just looks so adorable. <laughs> I can't help it. So it's a, so it's a, I'm looking at it. It looks like it's a, I guess, primarily a card game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And you have different dog breeds (laughs) and you are adding dogs to your kennel and walking the dogs and making them happy. Uh, Your, your, your job is to take them on different routes that make them happy. I, I, it kind of looks to me like uh, they're trying to go after wingspan, but, they're like, well, what's what do people like more than birds? Dogs. So let's let's just do all the dogs. <laughs> this is I, we're starting to get a whole flood of dog games, Jonathan, and I'm not complaining. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Looks cute from from just from Birdwood Games, and uh, it goes for fifty four dollars for the standard edition. But of course, there's a collector's edition that has. Again, like like Wingspan, there's a European Dogs expansion, also a famous Dogs expansion. It's like Lassie, uh, Clifford. Like, what's what's the licensing situation there? How do they? Maybe they're real dogs. Like, I guess Balto you can use because that was a real dog, right? Uh, Rin, Rin Tin Tin. Uh, I don't know some presidents' dogs, maybe. 
I don't. I think it still breeds. Just breeds that are very famous. Because on the famous dog expansion show, it shows terrier, bull terrier. <laughs> maybe is famous a dog term that I don't know. Maybe not that, that I. I don't. Maybe that means something in like for show dogs or something like that. Uh, oh no! It's oh no! I I see. They have a little description here. So it is still breeds, but they're inspired. Like this, they have a Saint Bernard because of Beethoven from the oh, dog I was thinking, movies. Uh, wow, that's much better than the. Uh, isn't the Saint Bernard also in? Uh, is it Cujo? Name? <laughs> yeah, I guess I was like, well, what are you thinking of? They have a terrier because of Toto from Wizard of Oz. They have a corgi because the Queen has corgis. So they're not literally the famous dogs, but they are. So they probably will have like the stuff I said. They're just not going to name it that. Well, <laughs> they probably won't have a big red one because that's not a real dog. Uh, so that's kind and of fun. That that, that promo's for later. And every dog has like a different scoring ability and stuff and the way they work when you walk them. Yeah, this looks cute. All right. So that's dog park. Mm-hmm. And any anything else? Or is that uh, your main stuff? I mean, I said three. I thought that was like more than enough. Well, it's only because I, I still have like seven tabs open myself that I'm like, I can't believe you didn't say any of these. Like there's so many that I saw this week. <laughs> Have you not met me? I'm always ruining your plans like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I either take the one that you had or I say none of the ones you have so they don't help you narrow down the like 10 you have. Well in fairness a couple of these launched last week but like I said we recorded earlier so uh they're not all new but uh I guess I will say well the the one that uh, I'm sure if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you'll you'll be enthusiastic about it is Verdant. Verdant uh, from Flat Out Games, uh, the the publishers behind Calico. Uh, so, you know, which is which we've enjoyed, which is a tile laying game with making quilts that have little cute cats on them. And this is a similar kind of a concept. But instead of cats, it's about plants. So this is kind of like Wingspan, but with different kinds of plants. You have a different card. They're all different plant types. and on your turn, you are taking a card uh, and a token, and some of the cards are plants and some of them are rooms, and you're trying to arrange the plants and rooms alternating in your personal play area, and you'll you'll need to like score them by the rooms have certain uh, lighting temperatures, so the certain plants require certain amounts of light, uh, or they need a certain kind of token next to them to help them maybe it's a piece of furniture or a pet that sits next to the plant in the room and once you have scored completed the plants requirements you actually get a little pot token and put it on top of it so you pot the plant and it's got art by beth sobel just like uh, calico did it looks like another cute fun home run in in the same vein as calico although for my money you know, plants not quite as adorable as cats but but still a, a different cool kind of a theme um did you see this one or is this is this news to you i i did not see this one i figured because i figured you definitely would have talked about it (laughs) yeah this this looks right up my alley (laughs) yeah that's how i knew it 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 is saved and ready for (laughs) as my rule of waiting to the 48 hour mark so uh yeah 29 dollars for for verdant so uh that may be if i had to pick one I'll go with that. So I won't, I'll just quickly, it's also because we don't have a guest. So I feel like there's more of, a, I just, I don't know. There were a lot that I thought were interesting this week. Uh, and we'll probably go lighter in the table talk this week. So I don't mind spending a few extra minutes on it. Uh, another one is Unsurmountable, which is the new button shy wallet game. 
from designer Scott Alms. This is a, a solo only game where you are climbing a mountain. You have a row of mountain cards and you're adding them to a pyramid of mountain cards and you need to arrange them to make a path through the mountain while also uh, they each have their own powers and you can use them for their power instead if you want to like swap cards around and such. And then they have different difficulty levels to make it more complicated. So you can kind of progress through and add more complications to it as you get better and better at the game. You know, button shy wallet game, solo play. I'm in. I'm I'm sold. I'm all over it. <laughs> uh, and that one is ten bucks, and that includes a little expansion that they've got with it. Uh, another one that's pretty. This one's pretty specific to me. is called Humans. Humans is uh, a role playing style game from Travis D Hill, who has done a few projects that I've really liked and talked about before, including the Portal at Hill House. Uh, our innermost thoughts and reunification just really weird like zine style role-playing games with very cool different themes and this one is more like a party game where uh everyone is uh, some people are pretending to be human and you have a little booklet that tells you a quirk that you have and the the quirk you have to like act out like maybe you don't know quite how to speak as a human or you don't know what to do with your hands because you're either an alien or some kind of other monster like the booklet will tell you and some people are actually humans and then in the game you're just like making small talk and playing out scenes i don't Hello, know fellow people <laughs> yeah it is i <laughs> <laughs> i don't know exactly how the rules work i think because you know it's a very um it's a rules light you know, the, it's the book is the rules. So I, they don't really want to print that because they want you to buy the book. Uh, but in this case, it's actually just being sold digital for five bucks. You get a PDF and you just print out these little sheets and you fold them up. So a, a weird, cute, fun little idea. And I've enjoyed um, the games from this guy in the past. Um, this I thought was interesting. So a few weeks ago, we just mentioned Dr. Finn had a Kickstarter project, which was like five new Dr. Finn's games. Do you remember that? yeah well apparently it wasn't working out and he canceled it and now is launching them individually as hmm. a one-on-one basis and i because i saw his new, his new game and i was like this sounds so familiar didn't i see this already <laughs> and i looked back and checked on it and uh yeah he said that he's like shopping some of his designs to other publishers and doing these individually and right now it's the little flower shop dice game is the one that's that's up and it looks like it's well on its way to funding which is which is nice looks like it is working out better for him but i thought that was kind of a weird little quirk of kickstarter i have more like i (laughs) i don't and i i don't want to go forever but some of these i think we should talk about did you see soul forge fusion soul forge fusion look man i did not see (laughs) this is why i put all these links in here (laughs) I want you to click on them as part of the research. Yeah. Soulforge. So Soulforge, a game I didn't really know about, but it was designed by Richard Garfield and Justin Gary, who is the designer of uh, Ascension and was a physical card game that ended. And Soulforge Fusion is now the digital version or no, sorry. It's, it's the, it's actually the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. It was a digital card game. Now they are doing it as a physical card game. And just like Keyforge, 
it makes unique decks. So kind of a interesting thing to be coming out in the same week as this news about the algorithm breaking and from the same designer, of course, you uh, know what happened? It didn't break. They stole it. it they was like stole the, the tech. plans being stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the difference. So it's kind of a, it's a, still a head to head competitive game. You have different lanes and you're playing cards to those lanes and attacking each other, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but the, the unique decks are actually half decks. And in each game, you combine two half decks, like a smash up, like a magic jump start. So um, it's not just buying one deck. You do get to do a little mixing and matching within the framework of these, everyone being unique, just like Keyforge. Uh, but I, I mean, it seems fascinating. It's it's another one that's very, very well funded. I don't know that the like the style of the art and stuff isn't quite grabbing me. But the pedigree of the designers and the concept behind it makes makes it and they, you know, they talk about tournament play and all that kind of stuff. Like they seem they're pretty serious about trying to make this a thing. Uh, I don't know. It looks are, are you seeing this? Does it look any intriguing to you? I mean, the description completely agree with you. I do think, yeah, on a visual component scene. I feel really bad saying this, but it, it does look just like generic Kickstarter card game. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not blowing me out. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's not, it's not super, which is a shame pretty. because mechanically wise, like you said, it's definitely does not sound like one. Yeah. It's definitely not like key forge. Like you look at that game and you're like, Whoa, it what? Yeah. The colors and all this stuff. And this is just kind of like, eh. Uh, like, and I mean, that's maybe it's just because I've been lo- we've been looking at Kickstarter for too long. It, <laughs> I might have actually seen this, just saw the art and just was like, OK, it's like it just didn't grab me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I also tended not be I don't um, just in general, the idea of. Car, like some card games, sometimes it's just cards, like especially if I see trading card game in the title for Kickstarter, I'm like, no. <laughs> yes, I, it, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's a very it's. There are a lot of people I think out there who have want to be they've played magic, magic play they've, yeah <laughs> they've played magic and they go oh I can make this too and you get so many games on Kickstarter that are just like yeah you uh, you play the card you rotate it you attack the, like it's just there's nothing there's like maybe one little twist about it you know it's just not that interesting <laughs> uh then i don't think this is that i think this actually looks pretty cool no but. well no i mean like you said it has pedigree to it yeah i mean i mean this how is- can it be ripping it's not ripping clearly it's not ripping off magic the gathering it's richard garfield made it i do think <laughs> it's funny that i feel like between keyforge and this uh i feel like richard garfield is like yeah i made magic but i'm i want to do uh, like there were some things I didn't like about it, and I wanted I wanted no, make a new I, game. I can't remember. I don't know if there's enough. There's probably you know interviews. We should get him on here, but um, next week I'll get him. I like because I know the original Magic game. Like one of the things people use that people hate, which I I get because I'd hate too, are um, anti cards in Magic. Pretty right. much like you know anti up like in poker. You could actually lose a card to someone. Because the idea is he never thought of this as like, from what I heard, like a this big collectible money game or something that you optimize. It's more like, I think he wanted what you'd want. 
Right. Like there's no real thought process in here. You have some fun things going around and, and that, things happen. And that's Didn't why I made Keyforge, I think. Right. And I think that's the idea behind it. And I, and I totally get where he's coming from because I love the game of magic. But a lot of the negatives of them are things that are pretty negative. Like I despise everyone who treats magic like it's a stock market. Like that is the worst way you can like just suck the fun out of something. Yeah. And I'll also point out that like uh also Soulforge doesn't have mana. It's um each turn you can just play two cards. And that's that's how it goes. I I feel like in so many in so many ways Richard Garfield is like <laughs> between again between these two games it just feels like he's saying, "Guys, but there's I I have a better way to do it now. Maybe try this one." <laughs> but nobody is going to I mean people will try it, but you know, it's never going to nothing can overtake. I think it's hard because remember, and we're like, and no offense to him, like the mistakes he had, like of mana flooding and all that with lands and stuff. Remember, this is like there was nothing like it. It's yeah. one of those things that's just like it's hard to topple something so big. It's why was it with Seven Wonders? I can't remember. You said like I keep bringing up magic. It yeah, that's gonna be. It's 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 one of our guideposts. That's just how some things are. Um and. I'm fine with it because he, with him hopping around making games, we still get to see fun stuff like this. Maybe I miss one or not, but sometimes we get this. Sometimes we get like he did Ascension, right? Didn't he do that? Uh, Am I making the, that? Uh, the other guy who's working on this new game did Ascension. Richard Richard Garfield did not. Okay, but like I think he's also that new vampire game he worked on too. Oh yeah, The Hunger. I mean, yeah, he's he's done a lot of stuff for sure. And honestly, isn't that still pretty good? As long as they're making a bunch of different things. Yeah. Like, I think we're happy with, we want game designers like um, going in the video game world, you know, not me. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now, of course, Metal Gear. Please help me. Kojima. Here, Hideo Kojima. Kojima. <laughs> we want to, like, I would love if he still had Metal Gear. And partially just because how, like, I might be mad at something's weird as a co-state, but uh, Konami, I think, has said, hold my beer in terms of ruining something. But we want to do other stuff. Because it's fun when they do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like it because I it makes me feel vindicated that I'm like, look, even the designer of Magic thinks that there's better ways to do it. Stop playing Magic. Play his other games. <laughs> but I'm just a, I'm just shouting in the corner and people are just having fun not listening. Well, I, th to me. <laughs> I think the difference is, well, I think there's a middle ground. Doing understand? Both? <laughs> yes. <laughs> not for me, baby. Black and white, all or nothing. Uh, oh, so you're Orzov. Whatever that means. It's no. the it's the black white guild and magic. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is over. Where's <laughs> goodbye, the, uh, everyone? Hold on. Okay, so <laughs> um, I have the power to make that joke at any time. I should really utilize that more. Um, yeah. Anyway, the game is called Soul Forge Fusion, and you can get a starter kit for forty bucks right now on Kickstarter. Man, this was this was a packed. Kickstarter. Yeah. I, Kickstarter. Yeah. I have more. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout them out. There are there are also two giant games. Giant can, games. Can you do this like a poker rap? I can't. Uh but one of them was from last week. The other one is uh will be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh Agamonia from uh Lautpelit, the or Laupeli, the the publishers of Eclipse. It's like a big narrative dungeon crawl campaign game. 
kind of a thing with like it uses a storybook map setup like Jaws of the Lion did. And Simon launching the Masters of the Universe board game also will be out. He-Man and all I that. I thought that was on um, GameFound. It is on Kickstarter. Uh, maybe it's on both. I don't know. Maybe they have some kind of weird incestuous thing going or on. Maybe it's a different game that has GameFound. I'm, I'm just going to take a, a yeah, maybe, quick look. Maybe the, are there two He-Man games? It's possible. It's possible, but uh, either way, those are up there too. Just giant games in the past two weeks. And I, I think a lot of it probably is because some of these publishers might be at Gen Con and they want to have a project to promote while they're there. Um, so could be uh, update. There is a master. There was a master of the universe game on game found from Archon studio. There you go. Called fields of Eternia. Uh, the the Simon one is just Masters of, Masters of the Universe, right? Uh, it's got a subtitle too, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I do want to point out. Oh no, they're both Masters of the Universe. This is something I just found curious because the original show was He Man and the Masters of the Universe, and I think since I want to say it was the the Kevin Smith show Masters of the Universe, they really want to be like, "There's more than this one guy." Trust us. Yeah. Well, I think also it's just. I th- we've talked. I think we talked about this on our on an audio expansion episode once, but I just think it's hard nowadays to sell people on a character named He Man. I just think it feels very dated. I Ver- love. No, are you kidding me? He no. <laughs> Versus like uh, Masters of the Universe. Oh, that sounds like a world I could explore or something. That maybe yeah, that's me, but I I, I think that's. Yeah, I agree, and the problem is, it's like since He Man was everyone. At least I feel like even He Man's just in the z- general zeitgeist as a character. Yeah. As well as Skeletor. So that's really the problem, <laughs> I think. But I definitely, I, I see no reason why, because I always think universes, especially these worlds, people love them because they want to be a part of them, too. So, yeah. Well, like you said, crazy stuff on Kickstarter this week. I, it's There's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, but we actually also played games IRL, which is what we'll discuss next in Table Talk. Table talk. All right, we've been playing some games, some together, some apart. Do you want to start with the the stuff that you were doing on your lonesome? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about these solo ones relatively quickly uh, because you probably, if you are fans of the show, might have seen me on Twitch playing them. Uh, I played. I'm gonna. I played. Athenaeum, which is a drafting game, but someone put up solo rules for on Board Game Geek. I want to say Athenium, but I don't know. You're probably right. I'm going <laughs> to okay. go with that. Athenium. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Mystic Library. And then because I completed that much shorter than I thought it would take, just because I'm always, I'm not good at when it comes to time stuff. I did some Legendary Encounters Alien 2. I'm going to go over the encounters first because it's a little bit quicker. Still love the game. I went after the most recent expansion, trying to do that solo because I still haven't beaten it. Uh, and here's the fun part, Jonathan. I did technically did two games of it because the first game I lost uh, like in three turns. <laughs> I, got a, I got a face hugger that I couldn't kill that brought in a chest burster that said you die when this is flipped before you re- I really bought anything. So I'm like, I've just lost. Ouch. I don't have ways to remove it. So I just played again. And after that, I made it much longer. I thought I was doing pretty well. But then, like, you know, I just got half my, I got, like, half my life made it so I couldn't heal it. And I had all these heal cards, which really stunk. And then 
another half of my left taken out in one turn. It was just like, wow, <laughs> I got comboed out. You got um, a little bit of a hostage negotiator experience there. <laughs> yeah. Still love the game. I guess I probably, can talk about that too. I forgot. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'm probably going to, I might do that more solo too, just because that's one I enjoy playing a lot of. And it's very simple. And I know the rules. Yeah. So, I, re- so. I really like doing the legendary solo. That's fun. Fun on a stream. Those are, those I are do want to, I want to play the new one with you one because i like maybe i need someone two i don't you remember how encounters works how you have like pretty much three phases you go through three chapters and literally like the deck is divided into different right cards yeah this one has a special alternate thing because it's based on alien covenant and i haven't seen that yet and i want you to see it because i think you'd be excited too to be like okay what's this weird thing going on so all right legendary alien encounter is still one of my favorite games out there, and also de- I would say the best encounter set. Now, uh, I already forgot how to say it. So, the Mystic Library. <laughs> uh, I mean, Athenium. I, I don't know 100%. That's just my, that would be my reading of it. When it comes to language stuff, 99 <laughs> out of 100 times, you are right. Yeah, but then if I say it and you say that, you, the like, you know, the one out of 10 times that it's recorded, you're going to be right, and I'm going to look like a jerk. So no, you're. <laughs> let it be known, John's not being a jerk. He's taking better factual information into account. Anyways, go. anyways, this game is a drafting game that we actually got during the pandemic, and we haven't been able to do much because I did the two-player game. It wasn't. It was okay. It's one where you obviously really want multiple people, where it shines. So you cut out the second person. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone put up soul rules and I was like, okay, you know what? I'll try this out. I haven't really done a fan made mode before. This could be cool. And it was a really interesting twist because the way the regular game works, Jonathan, is you when you draft a card, the card has three segments. It has a bottom segment and two upper ones. When I take that card, I get the bottom half. On the top half, the top left goes to my left player the top right goes to my right player. So it's this really interesting drafting system of being like, I want this, but I don't want to give you this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And matters left to right. So I imagine it's going to be so, so much more enjoyable if we actually had, I think four would be the the count you really want. Three, I think, is probably the, the minimum. Is four Two the pretty, max? I think five, no, five's the max. Okay. Um, in two-player, pretty much the other player gets both. Because they're your left and right, so it's boring. I feel. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, in this, the way it works is you're going to pick three cards one at a time. You get you, uh, and you can only get choose each mode once. You get the bottom, the top, or give it to your opponent. And so it becomes this guessing game to be like, is this one I want to? And you don't get to see all three at once. You do them one at a time, and you can't change. So you're like, is this the bottom I want? I think so, but if something better comes out, especially with your opponent, like they have ways to get points best depending on the symbols on there. And you're like, okay, this only gives my opponent three points, but I do want that bottom thing. Do I want to give it to them? It's, it's a bit random, but it was fun to do. And throughout the game until the very end, my opponent had like 20 points on me. So I was very sweating bullets. Hmm. But at the end, I got like, 
the final setup where I like, because at the end of the game, there's more calculating of points that the opponent doesn't do. So it was really like crossing the finish line at the end felt really good. I think it's a pretty solid solo mode to be included. So you have that option. And honestly, it was probably a bit more fun than two player. <laughs> I still think like three, four, five is what you want with this game. That single player rule was fun. And the two is, eh, it's okay. Hmm. So I, I would consider it an actual win. It wasn't one because I, since I actually beat them and that's why I went to legendary encounters. I'm like, I don't think I want to do this again kind of thing, but like to have as an option in there, it felt better. And it's, I guess it was relatively quick. If you fit in another, another game. Must yeah. Been. I was within the hour, you know, most of the streams I want to go for three hours. Yeah. That's for my stuff. That's so. on. That's uh yeah. Overall. That's I think it, it was, <laughs> Well, I uh, it was uh, like I don't even think it was an hour. One Titanic. I like to do a Titanic <laughs> a stream. <laughs> um, look, it was under an hour. Encounters brought it up. I didn't. It wasn't even three hours for that. My point is, like, it was definitely. I think Renegade Game Studio should look at these rules to if make it the official published or something. For if anyone's I, curious, I've I've I found it here on on Board Game Geek. If you Oh yes, look I should the, have mentioned. If you look on the page for Athenium Mystic Library, it's uh, uh user James Braziel. James yes, thank you Braziel. for making these rules. They were fun. I think they were yeah. uh, a solid solo rule set for this game. Cool, cool. But uh, uh in the end, someday I'll actually play this with uh, more than two. <laughs> we'll we'll get there at some point. Uh, I also did a solo stream where I finally finished my game of hostage negotiator career, the solo game where you are a hostage negotiator from Van Ryder games. And I mean, I, I kind of summed up my thoughts uh, towards the end of that stream and we've talked about it before. I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, it's, yeah, I, you don't want to spoil the official review. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, and, but there's a lot of. Like, I did that sort like jokingly, but I feel like you're serious. You're like, oh god, no! He wants I, to I was like, I, I don't know. I thought you were just wanted to spoil the game because uh, there are spoilers there if you watch those streams, of course. True, but, true. Uh, but yeah, it was there was some fun, weird surprises. Especially, I like what they did with the last chapter, and I almost want to because there's like a few different things that can happen for the final chapter. I kind of want to play again just to experience those, but. Uh, not something I think I will ever stream again, just because it adds so much time to it. But overall it was, there's a lot of highs and lows in that game. It can be very frustrating at times because of the randomness, but I did have a fun experience playing through it. And I do think, you know, the career, whatever you think of the base hostage negotiator, the career expansion, the way it works is really well thought out. Uh, so that's Hostile Negotiator Career. And we did just play a couple of games, uh, the two of us, uh, things that uh, we will indeed officially have full reviews for at some point uh, in the coming weeks. It's hard to say right now just because of Gen Con. Everything's a little crazy. But uh, the first one is Luna Capital. Luna Capital, a tile laying game where you are building a colony on the moon. You're trying to build it better than everybody else. You say that uh, sums it up, the, the theme of it pretty well? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, there are uh, different cards and different tiles, and you need to place the cards in, in, your, in front of you into different rows. And then you also need to put the tiles on top of them. And there's 
lots of different tiles that have uh, different types of buildings, different symbols that will score points in different ways. And the cards also have numbers on them. So you kind of have a like a Hanabi or the game sort of thing going on where you need to put them in uh, not in sequential order. But uh, if you if you you have to put something higher, I don't know how to describe this other than an example. So, yeah, there are your I forget the name of the project cards. I think they're called. They have a number in the top left corner. And the card to the, all the cards to the left of it have to be a lower number. So you can have three rows. They don't care about what's above and below it. But in essence, if you have a card that, if you have a card that's a one next to a two, you can play a five, but you cannot play a three and four in between it because once it's played, it's played, nor can you play them to the right of the five. Right. And the, and they're numbered one through 10. So 10 is the highest one is the lowest. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that's the game and you play a certain number of rounds and different tiles come out and then you score everyone up individually. It's, uh, one of those games where the, the, the player interaction really is in taking cards other people might want, but you're mainly focused on building out your own play area. And I'll just say for, for, for me, I, I, th- I think this is a game that I will enjoy. I, I think that I like this game. But for the first play, I was a little overwhelmed by the amount of icons and remembering how they all scored <laughs> and that I got a little. Uh, I will out say, <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, cue the review, but I'm almost certain one of my misses will be the iconography. Um, I think that there is no car like they do uh, so much great stuff like oh this the, needs a reference card this game yeah I, well it just seems weird that they have like a card holder you build in the way it, it goes into the box everything packs to show you how to lay it and it feels like nice like the components are really good it just seems that it was such a big miss which yeah. is a shame and I didn't I do enjoy playing this it is very soloy um. I'm gonna. I, I tend to enjoy that a little bit more that people can't mess with my stuff. <laughs> but there, is, there is some shenanigans gonna be had, especially if you had more people. Um, but yeah, definitely some more playthroughs will be needed. Obviously, yeah, for sure, definitely for me at least. And it's definitely, um, yeah, it's it's like in the, you know if you've played Suburbia, I think that's probably a decent idea of how it plays. But you know, there's it's different with the way the cards work and stuff. Not as com- I want to say is like. Because suburbia, at least in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, I need this many weird. The symbols aren't like weird and like where like how many airports do I have? Oh, it's airports in neighboring cities or something. Yeah, you don't look at other people's. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 more of just. Actually, okay, is have, there a solo mode for it? It seems like there must. be. There is a solo mode for it. Okay, yeah, it seems like that would be yeah pretty pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a no brainer. Uh, so that's Luna Capital, and then we also played Keepers of the Questar which is from Upper Deck and kind of rare for us, to be honest, to play an Upper Deck game that's not legendary. There are not many. Uh, Yeah, they've, you know, they have a few. They they have a few here and there, but uh, Keepers of the Questar is a two-player game that is kind of like a simulation of a D&D role-playing game. And each player has a map behind a screen and then a map in front of them. And on your turn, you are maneuvering your own little dungeon, your party marker through the dungeon you're playing in. 
And then behind your screen, you're also controlling monsters and where items go for the dungeon the other player is exploring. So you're not, you don't play against each other. Theoretically, you're both playing two entirely separate games on two separate boards, but just one person happens to be controlling it. So it's as if it's as if two dungeon masters were DMing each other in two different games at the same time, taking turns, but in board game form. You're not actually role-playing in this game. Uh, you're just moving tokens around and saying, oh, you moved into this space. There's a monster there. Or you moved into this space. You found a treasure chest. Uh, and and the, the basic goal that they recommend is you're supposed to find this token called the quest star, which, the, you know, the, the, the players get to decide where that's hidden. It's up to them how they arrange the whole board. And then they have to get out, find the exit and leave and survive with their party members intact. Uh, really interesting, weird game that uh, it's got some quirks. It's got some flaws, I think. But it, it all I think we said it almost feels more like a like a system for teaching or getting your head around I'm, role-playing concepts. When this first was announced, I'm actually pretty sure it was designed by a teacher. Like for like that was its goal. Mm. And I agree there were plenty of flaws we could talk we'll talk about, but I will say many of them they're not gone, but I would say are diminished. If you view this more as like learning to be a DM or back and forth. Don't like we talked about how uh, uh, when we have to replay, we're like, if we just took this as like, I'm going to be a try hard game and beat you. You just make this, you just become the worst DM. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You kind of have to decide as players. Are we uh, like, you know, for example, there's art on the different uh, dungeons you can be in. So you might be like, Oh, this looks like a cool throne room. Like that's where I should put the, great item and the other player might think oh maybe there's something cool in there or you could put the quest star in i don't know just some random corner and put just nothing in that room and have monsters surrounding it and just torture them (laughs) oh yeah but the in the exit and like i'm gonna put the exit and entrance like as in such obvious not obvious like far away as possible weird places like and i i just feel like you're at that point, you want a different game. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, like, or if both players are into that, maybe they yeah, are. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess know. you are. I know for me, like I went to one place that I was like, oh, maybe this is the exit. And John, you're like, yeah, that I made that the exit. And then we talked about like, oh, you put that here. I'm like, and I remember I put the quest star in a place and you're like, I thought, cause that looked like that's where Will would put it. That looks like, you know, I, I was, ha- I was happy you said that. <laughs> cause I'm like, I just chose this looked cool. And I feel like then afterwards, when you talk about it, that adds another layer to the game, which makes it a lot more fun. And uh, works actually, I think, is pretty well as, as D and D training. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's weird, and because uh, we do not have enough DMs in the world. God bless you once again, Jonathan, <laughs> for for picking up the staff that is being the <laughs> accidentally yeah. the permanent DM. Yeah, or in this case, the quest keeper. I yes. think they're called <laughs> DM quest keeper. MC, GM, there are many Uh terms for this. It is the person who's being the group mom. (laughs) That's right. Uh, This game is Keepers of the Quest Star. At some point, you'll see a full review. It's uh, and we'll have more to say about it because it's it's weird. It's interesting. I don't. I think it's. I don't think it's like uh, a great game, but it's very 
in, I find it interesting. <laughs> so that's that's better than a lot of just boring bad games that I play. So take that as you will. Uh, so that's the stuff that we have been playing. Mm-hmm. Now, I do, in fact, have for us to play a board game game. Even though it is just you, I, I, I designed a... A, a Gen Con themed board game in honor of Gen Con week that I think will still be fun to play. In fact, even when I conceived it, I wasn't sure if we were going to have a guest. I I didn't know if you would go back and forth answering these one at a time or if you just should both uh, shout out a guest for each one. Uh, but so so it's totally fine. That there's, it's just you. You're, you're playing against yourself to see to see how you score will grade you at the end. And the game, uh, to not keep you in suspense any further, is called Beer or No Beer. That is the question. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Deal or No Deal was my was my take on it. But you went <laughs> a little highbrow with it. You went Shakespearean. So if, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, since 2012, Gen Con has partnered with a local brewery called the Sun King Brewery. And every year they have uh, a special new unique beer uh, for Gen Con that you can buy there. And I think at their brewery, too, for a little while after that, maybe online. I'm not sure. And they all, you know, they all have some kind of a, a, a theme, a name, a flavor that's a little bit uh, gamery, a little bit related to Gen Con in some way. Uh, so what I have here is a list of names. Some of these are actual names of beers that have been at Gen Con in years past. So these are strictly Gen Con beers. Strictly Sun King Brewing Gen Con beers. Some of them are fake Gen Con beer names that I made up. Okay, so it's not like the Catan beer we talked about. No, these are this is exclusively about Gen Con. And so I am going to read them out, and your job is to, for each one... Let me know if you think it is a beer or no beer, or you can just say real or fake or whatever you want to say. <laughs> no, no, I like beer or no beer. <laughs> Great. So uh, you ready to you ready to get started on this? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, should get through these relatively quickly. Uh, all right, first first one, and I don't know if I don't know if you will remember any of these because you know we have. Uh, we have partaken of several of these beers while in our time there. I, 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 when I looked them up, I did not actually, it was a little hard to look some of these up. They don't have, I like, would remember the can art. Cause we, right. Three of them, <laughs> um, but not the names. So yeah, there's not like on their site. There's not like a listing. I had to like hunt these down to find these names. Anyway, your first one that may or may not be real. Flagon Slayer. I'm going to say yes. Beer, beer. <laughs> Flagon Slayer is a beer. That is a real one. So you get a point. Good work. You're, so far, you're off to a good start. Next, 20 sided rye. Uh, no beer. 20 sided rye is a beer. Uh, Was a beer, in fact. What year? 2016. <laughs> Awesome. We get dates. <laughs> That's you sure do. Oh, well, what was the one from before then? Flag and Flag and Slayer was 2013. Okay. So I got the one that I haven't been to a Gen Con <laughs> and I missed the one where I sh- I probably had. Yeah. Good start. So far, so far. That's right. All right. Next up, 
Bard's Brew. I'm going to go no beer. No beer. That is a fake one. That is not real. That didn't exist. Yes. Yes. Uh, but what about. Watch, we're going to find out that's this year's. <laughs> I mean, if some of these they better Wait, do you... take. I have one question. Yes. Do you have this year's beer? Uh, maybe you'll find out as the game continues. <laughs> oh. Uh, the next one is Everlasting Gamer. No, no beer. I'm going to be really disappointed if that's a beer. Unfortunately, in 2018, that was a beer. <laughs> Everlasting Gamer. Honestly, I should have realized, like, <laughs> even Jonathan wouldn't, Jonathan wouldn't have smitten that Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that's it. That was definitely um, not their best work. The least favorite. Yes. Uh, next, Level Up Lager. I'll go. Mm, this is definitely one I think you would do, but I'm going to go beer. Nope, it was this one I did. It's made up, not real. It's a good one. You see, <laughs> so much better. How about Ale of Destiny? I think I, I'm going to go beer. That one is a beer, but I, I don't oh, think go ahead. you didn't have it, if that's what you're uh, thinking. At least I don't think you did, because that was actually the original beer in 2012. Uh, we, we were not there, so unless they sold it after the fact. It sounds really familiar. All right, next, Power Up Potion. I don't think that's a beer. That sounds like, um, I know there are drinks like that, but I don't, that sounds more like an energy drink. Yep. Not real. Made it up. Not a drink. Uh, experience points. Points or pints? Points. I think it is a beer. Cause I think if you made it up, you're clever enough to make that pints. I wish I did, but I didn't. That's a fake one. Yeah. <laughs> when you said it, I uh, real missed opportunity. <laughs> I really, really messed up on that one. I really hope Sunkiss is listening to all this and just like taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the experience pints, so good. Yeah, that's really good. All right. How about Brutron 9000? I think they made that. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, that's a real one. What what that's weird. That one is weird. Uh <laughs> all right, next. Constance. Constance? Constance. I don't even know why you you would do that. So I'm gonna say it's a beer. Uh it's not a beer. I made it up. Okay. What is <laughs> I like that's why I because I feel like I don't even know how that relates to Borgman. I feel like that's you just saying like uh the idea was cow. was the uh, con. The con. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scroll of protection. Hmm. This one I can definitely see going either way. I'm going to go with, I think when in doubt, go with beer. Nope. I made that one up. All right. <sighs> Dragon's delight. Oh, definitely a beer. Yes. That one indeed is a real beer. Uh, blue mana. I think you made that. I did make that. No beer. Or no, no beer. beer. Yeah. Good job. All right. Next up, getting towards the end. To boldly go, and then in parentheses, where no drink has gone before. That's a beer. Uh, nope, I made that one up. Oh, I thought so. <laughs> it's sort of like I tried to metagame it, like, you know, when you see punctuations and stuff yeah. in uh, Jackbox. Yeah, I yeah. checked the um, other one. Uh, by the way, uh, side note, Blue Moon, make blue mana. Oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. All right. Next, drink on and prosper. My guess is this one is 
Oh, God, I'm going to fall for it if it's double in a row. But this one's real because that's why you made up the other one. This is beer. This one is a beer. This one is a beer. Next, Froth of Khan. Are these all for Gen Con? All Gen Con. I'm going to go no beer. Froth of Con, also real. <laughs> Next, the trouble with triple hops. No beer. <laughs> That's right. No beer. <laughs> that was my play on the trouble with triples. Uh, all right. Genevieve. Beer. Yeah, that's where Constance came from. You see where my mind was working. Genevieve I do, is I do. this year's beer, and coincidentally, it was also last year's beer, but nobody went to Gen Con last year, so they just used it again. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so I, I'm going to tally up your score here. I think it's you did well. Uh, I think maybe 50, you 60. Got, you got 10 out of 18, so you got a little better than half correct hey i was right between 10 and 60 you know i mean uh you got a 50 50 shot on each one and, and you hit above that so not so bad i thought it was so weird that they have two star trek themed ones that cool that's why i said the wrath of Khan. i'm like that's really specific and like yeah we're nerds and that's why i asked is it just for gen con I think it, that, so. Those were some of the earlier ones. I think they just didn't really like understand the identity of Gen Con at that point. <laughs> maybe we didn't like. How many were we in a golden age of board games yet? Then, like, yeah. I mean, it was close. We were, when I say the golden age, by the way, I know there's like a start, but then there's like one more have like you know, Calyx is full of games versus <laughs> it, it was, it was on the outskirts. It was, it, it's arguable, but yeah, I think maybe they were just like, I don't know. Nerds go there. Star Trek <laughs> feels very, well, I mean, they're outdated. not bad. Name. Those aren't bad names. It's just, it was definitely like, if you said like this could have appeared at comic con. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Right. My, my big uh, note for sun King brewery, more alliteration. Dragon's Delight is the only alliter alliterative one. All of mine, I wanted to just like, you know, the level up law. All I wanted to do was I love the alliteration, <laughs> but you got to do that more. I also think 20 sided rye. That might be their best title. Honestly, it, I, I feel really silly about that, but I think that the pint one. Yeah. Experience, experience pints. pints. By the way, Genevieve is not just the name of a beer. I, I think that's supposed to be what Isn't is that the name King of Arthur's the wife. Oh, maybe, but the oh. the Gen Con dragon is on the uh, can. I think that's supposed to be like the name of their dragon mascot now. <laughs> not, I don't know if that's official, but that's what it seems to be the implication. Uh, yes, it is. There was a poll on Twitter. I pulled up from 2019. What should the dragon's name be? Oh, there and you go. Gen Genevieve won by 42.8%. Or any of the uh, possible choices, Constance? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and I don't, the other the other two ones were Oryx A U R I X A U and Indie. I think Gen Genevieve was the the better choice of those three. Yeah. I think. I mean, Oryx is probably a little better. Indie, you don't want to go there because I mean, I think this was a few years ago. Remember, Gen Con almost changed location. <laughs> well, yeah. So. Also, there's you know, there's a prominent character named Indy already. You kind of have to oh, yes. contend with what is Oryx a pun on? My missus. I something? don't know. I have no idea. I know. 
like I know an oryx, but that would be, make no sense to be related to Gen. Con. Like the big cow, <laughs> or is that what that, big cow? Is it, it's, there's like a u r o c h s is like an like a really big ox oh. or something. No, the one I know some video game character that's uh like o r y x, mm. which once again it's not mm. it's different spelling name and I'm, I'm just, but good name. I like Genevieve. Well, that is up to our listeners to email us. Let us know what does that mean and how did you fare on beer or no beer? Maybe if you played along, did you did you compete with Will's score? Uh, you can let us know. You can email us at meeplegallery at gmail.com or you can just email us anything you want. Any questions or comments, we'll read them on the show, especially if we have a guest. We love to share those kinds of things. Um, and again, I'll just, we'll just take the end of the show here. To, well, we'll plug for real our Gen Con coverage, which you'll be able to find at rollforcrit.com or rollforcrit.com slash Gen Con. It will include video content, podcast content. We'll, we'll be talking about it in the coming weeks. You will be aware of it. Subscribe to our social media, all that stuff. There's going to be photos and other fun things. We're going to have some exclusive stuff for patrons. So if you sign up for patreon.com slash rollforcrit, uh, just a dollar a month level, you will get... Uh, some cool exclusive Gen Con goodies over the next week. So a lot of fun stuff coming from us. And if you're going to be at Gen Con and you're listening to this and you see us walking around, uh, stop us and wave and say hello and we'll awkwardly uh, accept your kind wishes and say hello. <laughs> I will be confused assuming you're waving to someone behind me because there's no way you're reason you're waving to me. But I will... More than glad say talk and say hi. Oh, and also, I guess we should also say, I think today, I think the same day this podcast is out, uh, you're going to be able to listen to another podcast that we were guests on called Hobbies and Happiness. Uh, we'll put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if you want to hear us talk more about board games with uh, the guys over there, uh, different different sort of subject, just kind of a general mm -hmm. chat about board games. And, and how they help me... Uh, Convince Jonathan to play some magic at Gen Con? Yeah, we'll see. I, I told them to edit that part out, so I'm hoping they did. Uh, but <laughs> you'll have to go and listen. Uh, but otherwise, that's it for this week's episode. No guest, but it was a fun one. I think that a tarot cards, why they, they must have been correct. We had hope and rejuvenation by the end of this thing. Yeah. As always. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Will. I'm Jonathan. And this was the Roll for Crit Podcast.